You are listening to Songez Omabeke on SAFM. Yeah, you are listening to Songez Omabeke on SAFM and a very sobering conversation we have to have very early on in this evening's edition of The Viewpoint. Police killings in South Africa, the impact on the family and colleagues. Funny we should have this conversation happening right now because just sometime last month, early last month or even late the month before that, um, our family who has been impacted by police killings in, in, in the country were, were honoured by the union to which my late uncle, who was shot in the year 2000, I think it was, I was still in East London, I don't recall having met him. He is the one who, of those families that migrate from the Eastern Cape, rural Eastern Cape and Fire, in search of better opportunities in Gauteng, and he became a police officer, um, and, and, and he was shot and killed sometime in 2000. And only recently he was honoured with a gravestone and something that was directed to the family. Um, of course, I probably don't have much attachment to this particular story because I just did not know the individual, unfortunately. I know his brothers, I know his nephews, I know his nieces because they are my cousins and my uncles, respectively, who are here in Joven, in Gauteng, and I know them very well. We're a close family at that. So it is something to a point that hits home, but I would imagine it hits home even harder for some who are recently orphaned or widowed as a result of, first of all, just crime in the country being as high as it is, but in particular, those who are in law enforcement oftentimes have to be the ones who are first responders to these dangerous situations and, quite frankly, put their lives on the line, and many die in the line of duty. So, Ms. Jawuli Lamabaso, ma'am, thank you so much for joining us. You are the Gauteng Provincial Secretary for the South African Police Union, and I think you can just... Share with us, please, some of the experiences that you have had of your members and, and, and how losing, first of all, a police officer in South Africa is just not tenable in the context of our resources as a nation and the demand for their services, but also the social impact in the home of that police officer, in particular the children. Good evening. Good evening, Sangeza, and good, good evening to your listeners. Um, my my name is Jabilu Mawas, as you have said, and I am the Provincial Secretary of the South African Policing Union. Um, with the question you just posed, the impact on, of uh, the death of a police, uh, because mostly they are murdered, uh, it's just very painful. Let us that there first of all, it's very painful. Um, we have seen, we have watched. Uh, witnessing everything that goes on and the family, especially the kids um, growing up without a parent, whether it be it the, the mother or the father, um, it's quite painful to to, to witness for some um, because the support systems are not the same. So that that has a, a very, a very for, for, for most it's a negative impact because now the kids are not getting the best of what they could have gotten had the parent been around. And uh, this also, uh, it has a very hard psychological effect in the long run, even on the colleagues. So this uh, this scourge is, is actually quite, it, it's a scary one. It's very scary because uh, the loss of a police uh, has a very negative impact on the community. Let's talk Thank about... You the impact on the community before we talk about that impact in the household. What, what, what does society lose when a police officer 
is shot and killed. It might sound obvious, uh, a response, but do educate us because sometimes it probably isn't as obvious. The fact that people think a police officer can be replaced, but I mean, gone with that is a lot of institutional memory. Perhaps this is somebody who had a good rapport with the society where he or she would have been serving, as well as he or she would have had the kind of standing in society that allows society to move differently or forces, open close quote forces, society to move differently because of his or her appeal and respect within that community. That person is no longer there. There must be a void of some kind that is left. So perhaps talk to us about the impact on society when a, a police officer in particular, a law enforcement agent in general, is lost because of crime. Um, yeah, you, you are quite right. The void, the void is real. Um, the, the impact there, because, uh, look, when you lose a police uh, officer, you are losing somebody who was serving a number of people. So now that's minus one to, to, to that number. And as you had state, have stated, uh, institutionally, there are processes that need to happen before the police can be replaced. And with the population increasing as it is, um, it's difficult to to actually replace. Uh, unfortunately, you cannot replace a person. You can re- replace the, the rank that was there. But the person is gone because we have a different um, personality and they, their communication and uh, engagement with the communities may have been different. And some have been servicing people to such a good point that people were actually at ease for 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 their for the community. So uh, the the impact on society it, it, it's very, it's very it's very deep because you have uh, your crime prevention where they have uh, set up structures on how to fight crime and all of that. Mm. And so now that will take a backseat because the next person coming in, as much as they will be replacing. They have to start from scratch. They have to you start need from to the get, beginning, yeah, sure. yeah, you need to get to know the community. You need to get to know who are the, um, lack of a better word, delinquents within and how to communicate with them. The reality we are living, um, we we have uh, legal and illegal people living in our countries, and uh, in our country, sorry. And so uh, the, the the new person would have to get through, get, get around that and see how they communicate uh, with, with all of that. So that, that is, is quite a, a big impact. We're talking about one. the losses of society. I mean, these losses also extend to the home, and I'm interested in those of you who are strong enough or who perhaps want a particular perspe- perspective shed um, on this very platform, for that matter, in relation to the true impact or the particular impact or the special kind of impact, whatever the appropriate terminology would be, on you as one who has a relation with somebody who has since deceased in the line of duty, be it a father, be it a colleague, because I hear you mentioning colleagues and the impact it has on colleagues, and I would imagine it's incredibly devastating. To Earlier today, so-and-so was here, and then later that day, you are having now to go and break the news to his family that he's no longer there, and you know exactly how that would have happened. So as a colleague, how how is that impact? As a wife, as a spouse, and the lack of support and the loss of amenities of having a loved one there and having a loved one not there, not because of anything else other than he or she being in service 
of the country at large. So we certainly would appreciate perspectives from those closest to the pain. 86 triple zero, 2032. I've got a geeky voice for those who have just joined in. <clears throat> You'll hopefully be hearing not too much of that, but should you hear it, it is because I have flu and I've tried all manner of remedies. None seem to be working. So if you are on WhatsApp here with me or the studio, please just drop me a remedy um, options and I would gladly take them. Sister after the break, let's engage the conversation as to how it impacts the members in that this is a colleague who has died or these okay. are colleagues who have died and, and just how that impairs your members, first of all, as individuals, but especially as law enforcement agents, because exactly where a colleague would have lost his or her life, the following day they need to be servicing that very community at that very time in that very manner, and if circumstances should demand, they need to do what their now deceased partner did, and that comes with its own risk, even deadly. So let's engage the trauma that this really does create within the service. 2019, everybody, after the break, we're taking calls on police killings and everything to do with that. On SAFM. Yeah, we are... Yeah, we are back. 2021 is the time here on SAFM. The conversation continues. Police killings in South Africa, the impact on the family and colleagues. Ms. Jabuli Lemabaso, Gauteng Provincial Secretary of the South African Police Union, is on the line engaging and sharing some anecdotes. And we're moving on now specifically to the impact police killings has on the industry itself, on those who are in law enforcement and particularly the devastation that trauma leaves behind with those who are themselves are law enforcement agents, police officers in this case, and how this impacts how they continue to serve you at home because we are as safe as we are because of the presence of the police officers. Now, if we start killing them, obviously it's going to have an impact, and that impact is hardly going to be positive. Do you want to share some anecdotes perhaps that would be missed in South Africans' minds, Sis Jabulile, by the fact that some of us altogether are not related to police officers and therefore are not even in employment with SAPs and therefore would not understand this impact to which you make reference to? Okay, um, thanks, Songezo. Um, You know, with colleagues, um, take it in any department, uh, job sector, we tend to have very, very close bonds. They become family, they become close friends, um, and it extends to your personal family. And so now, when you have somebody here today and gone tomorrow, mm. you take it when they go on holiday. You mm. miss them so much because they're not there. Now, the thought, uh, actually the fact that this person is now gone forever, actually has uh, is very traumatic. So we have systems in place. Uh, there are systems in place uh, within the SAPS for um, when when a colleague uh, passes. Uh, there's the EHW that uh, deals with the counselling and trauma debriefing. The members are usually scared because most deaths are due to murder and and um, there's car accidents and, 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 and the likes. And so the fear is there to go police back in the same community that one was murdered. And so um, we advocate for the members to actually use the system within their SHS uh, of debriefing. And also their medical aid also covers that. Maybe they, they could, there could be further referrals. But then uh, also the reality is that amongst themselves, 
it's very difficult to cope because the role that particular member played is 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 is, is missing. There's, there's that void, mm. and now you you need to find ways on how to replace it without wanting to replace, just wanting to get somebody else in the space, but not wanting to replace the person that has gone. At the end of the day, the unfortunate part is that whether you laugh or cry, life goes on and um, the job needs to be done. It's, it's the sad reality of life. And so now that, that on its own is quite traumatic to the members. Well, let's talk about in that context then the, the, the justice. Family members, okay, I, I don't know family members, but if I lost mm-hmm. a colleague and I were a police officer to, due to crime, the one thing I would look to do, I mean, with my very untrained mindset and and, and even my own misgivings just as a human being, I, I would want to get even. And get even in this context is, if I know who would have killed my colleague, I'm just going to take a bullet and, and, and shove it somewhere in that person. Because I think that's just an instinct I, as Usongazo, have. You, you killed my colleague. We are trying our best to keep the levels of crime in the country low. We are trying to make sure that society enjoys its amenities equally. And you come into this society where I am trying to keep law and order and disturb that peace. It's one thing to disturb the peace, quite another to disturb the peace. And in addition to that, claim the life of a law enforcement agent where so many state resources are invested in the service that we are putting out there in society. I know it's a wrong thing to say, but instinct would almost want me to take revenge and get even in the name of open, close quote, justice, in as much as that wouldn't qualify as justice. How then do we solve this tension? Because it's a real tension. I would imagine if if somebody died in my family and I knew who the killer was, forget that it's a police officer or not, I would want that person to pay the price. Uh-huh. How do we settle this question? Um, human nature. Uh, human nature. Uh, when something happens to somebody close to you, of course you want revenge. That we cannot deny. Um, as a union, we do not advocate for violence. That's why we want um, police killings declared as treason, because these people need to get the, the, their day in court and actually just uh, go to prison. We cannot keep on losing members and nothing is being done uh, in order to bring these perpetrators to book. Um, Colleagues that have lost and uh, have tip-offs on who did it and where to get them uh, are advised to do the job as they should and not be overly emotional about it because the law has to take its course. Now, uh, police are trained. They are trained to, to know what to do and when, when to do it. So when, when going to get these people, they bring them to book. They, these people are arrested. And so now that's why we are calling for this to be declared treason. Um, where the emotions are concerned, um, truth be told, uh, people react in different ways because of their closeness, the relationships they have with the, with the one that passed away. And so uh, there are certain things that, that will be beyond our control. But for the most part, we, don't, we do not advocate for violence as, as an organization. No, granted, granted. Yeah. 
Do you feel from your position enough of this is covered in the media? Do you feel as though there's a, a greater role for other agents of society to perhaps place or shed light on this and the kinds of impacts to which you've already referred to and how society in the end is the loser? Because the statistics are, I mean, one officer is one officer too many. But in South Africa, it's not just one officer. It's it's quite a few, and I don't have the statistics readily over me, but, I mean, the South African Police Services has over 70 police mm -hmm. officers in the past seven months it has lost to criminal attacks and ambushes. I mean, this is something that is dated 25 November. So we are talking about, if it's in seven months, 70 people, so we're closer to 100 over a period of 12 months. Let, let, let's just work with that number. That's, like, a lot of institutional memory, a lot of skill and a lot of training that is lost. And that creates in part the backlog that a hundred people who are suddenly removed from the surface, from, from, from the service who then need to be replaced over years. It's not gonna happen by employing another hundred people. Oh no, it's gonna take time to regain that lost ground by virtue of these, let's say a hundred officers who are lost. Is there a greater role other agents of state could play, therefore, in highlighting this plight, if it is to highlight it, or to help coordinate better the law enforcement institutions? Yeah, um, I believe there the could be a, a greater role uh, all agents could actually play. Um, look, for one, SAPS has a commemoration day. Um, on the first uh, Sunday of every September is an annual thing where they commemorate all the members that have been lost in the line of duty. But then we are advocating for this to be extended into a week because some people don't even know that there is a commemoration to start with. Um, people are not aware of it. Uh, for some, it's just that, oh, that cop died and that's where it ends. And so the public must be aware and uh, see the impact that this actually has. It, it's not just a, a loss of a warm body. Uh, like you said, it, 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 it's the knowledge. Because you lose people who are very, very knowledgeable, who are very tactical about uh, their job and very passionate at that. And so it's not easy to get people that are that passionate to do their jobs. So it, it, it's going to take a lot to actually get there again. And how long do we have to wait? As we wait, the population is increasing. The crime is escalating at, at ridiculous uh, percentages. And so now we, we need to move from that. So, now, um, yeah. yeah. Sorry, sorry. Uh, well, recently, I mean, over the weekend, specifically Deputy Minister Mr. Kassel Matale said, the media doesn't give attention to this sort of thing, and that's why I was minded to ask this very question that I previously asked. Does he think we should focus only on police when the police now do something wrong? Uh, look, I'm going to partly answer or engage it. I mean, I think South Africans have an obligation to engage the service, the South African police service, and we have every right to lament the fact that we don't get services that we are frankly entitled to. It's a police service to the community, when the community member asks 10 one to come, there should be a legitimate expectation that that should happen. But, I mean, police are under siege, and I don't know where the problem is. Is it lack of numbers? 
you, how often do you hear that police stations being attacked? A police station being attacked, the audacity of that attacker, but the idea that they can even think of it and do it and execute it to precision. I mean, recently ammunition is stolen from police stations and the kind. That is something to be lamented, as it is what we are talking about. Now, of course, I'm minded to ask the question is, what sort of attention then should we be engaged in the question of policing in South Africa together with the host of issues it brings to the fore? Um, you know, um, as you just said, um, all this goes back also to the community that is being served by the very same police. Uh, when ammunition is stolen, police are attacked, the community knows something, but are they saying something? What does it say about us as a people? Because that's, that's where we need to look as well. Uh, there needs to be more awareness that the impact that this has is not just on that particular family, Yagamaraso, uh, because Jabu is there. It has a, a greater, it spreads even wider. And now all the losses the community are aware of, but they choose not to say anything. But then if something, if a, if a, if a, if a, if a police does something um, just out of line, everybody is just there, the social media and everything, you know, so we there are certain dynamics that we need to deal with as a country. The psychology behind what we do and how we react to certain things, we need to think about it because at the end of the day, we not, we we need to improve the livelihood of the kids in the long run. You see, so now how are we doing that if we're gonna keep on bashing and not trying to fix what is happening? So there there are many dynamics that um, we need to play as a community where the government needs to come in and educate, where the police need to do more and educate the community, where the community needs to come back and say, you know what, we will speak out because all these people live within us. You know, when I was living in the U.S., one thing that I noticed about men and women in uniform is that in public they are revered or seriously respected, and this is more true for those in the army, in, in, in the national defense, as opposed to in the policing. People will walk past them and they will stop, move out of the way, thank you for your service. They access public transportation at no cost. If they are waiting in a line at a service station, the community itself will like bump that official to the front. Of course, he or she would be wearing uniform. And I'm thinking perhaps if society had a different understanding as to the role of law enforcement, and that understanding comes with first being served, I would imagine. I mean, being served and served well would lend itself to that. When you go to have a document certified that there is a line there, there's somebody who knows what he or she is doing, that commissioner of oaths does it and does so in a manner that encourages the use of that service as opposed to you feeling I'm really being done a favor here and I need to hold my tone in such a way that I get serviced and leave. Otherwise, I don't really feel like coming back here. So there is that relationship that needs to be nursed. But how do we get to a point where men and women in uniform in South Africa are looked at with a kind of reverence that should accord their service to the country? Yeah, sure, society has a role to play. What does the institution itself and those who govern or who have authority over the institution 
have. And I'm not suggesting at all we should be walking on eggshells around mm-hmm. our law enforcement agencies. I mean, I'm not trying to move towards the Begitela era of saying police officers should shoot to kill. And therefore, every time you see a police officer, you should see potentially somebody who could kill you. That's probably borderline, at, at least, if not over the line. But how do we get to a point where we respect these men and women, institutionally driven respect? Um, you know, as a union, our duty is to ensure that the role players um, do what they have to do. They get to assist the people how they should. First, we're talking about the role players within the service, as we are a stakeholder. And then it comes back to the members themselves. Um, they go to college. They are taught. Uh, that training goes on for a couple of months. And the the respect, the dignity, how to conduct themselves, all, all those uh, play a role. And then they get to uh, an institution where they're going to work. Now, this is where, this is the critical part because now they are dealing with uh, people one-on-one. And like at the college, it was books. Now, dealing with people one-on-one, they need to implement what they have learned. And now the assistance from the veterans that are there at the station comes in where they need to teach. They need to teach because we we are getting a younger police. You know, the the employment uh, age is is much younger. And so the older ones need to groom and uh, ensure that they teach these ones how to behave. And also coming to the community. The community, when they see the wrong things, they need to call them out, but calling them out respectfully so. So the problem becomes people get to personalize things and just go and lambast the person, humiliating them to the core instead of actually teaching. Uh, teaching goes way beyond because once you teach one, uh, each one teach one, uh, you move the, the, the scourge of actually people just uh, doing things wrong. You, you instill something in them. And so that needs to happen to both the police and the community. So us as a union, our role is to make sure that these things tell you to, together. Uh, everybody plays their role, and we try our best, our level best, to ensure that everything moves accordingly. Very well. Let's take a break. The time is 20.38. I have a couple of voice messages, or not voice messages, but text messages <laughs> that have come through to engage this topic, among others that I've thrown out there for the listeners to please engage. And please do continue to do so on 086-000-2032 if you wish to call and engage this conversation. Police, police killings, the role of society, the respect that is seemingly lost for police officers and how perhaps it could be restored. What are your thoughts from where you are sitting at home, your relationship with police officers, and how perhaps we can more and more take away this very dastardly statistics that between July and end of September, just this year alone, 35 police officers lost their lives in the line of duty. And in this financial year to date, 78, I've since done a bit of a Google search, 78 police officers so by the time the end of this financial year comes if nothing changes we would have been way over 100 and this is a problem this is a problem because this one creates the need for private security and we know private security is not law enforcement they are not accountable to the rule of law they are accountable to whoever their client is and that becomes a very clandestine operation frankly speaking 
Of course, there are criticisms that can be leveled at police officers, as one of these messages that I'll read on the other side of the break suggests. So what are your thoughts? How do we get policing in South Africa right? But more importantly, how do we reduce the crimes that are leveled against police officers and the force at large that results in their killings? That's the central theme of this conversation. And if you are one such person who is impacted directly by police killings, either as a wife or a husband or a child or a colleague, I'd love to pick up the phone and engage with you on that. Otherwise, on the other side of the short break, we continue. Song is on my back on SAFM. We continue. I'm going to play one voice note, read a couple of messages, and we're going to look to wrap up this conversation on police killings in South Africa. Oh, hi there. Um, I just would like to say, you know, the police need a lot of encouragement. Where I live near East London, a place called Ganubi, um, our church has adopted our local police station and we encourage them and we we pray with them and we're there for them, you know, and we tell them how much we appreciate them and we remember their birthdays. Every, every month is a list of birthdays and we we make a fuss of them. And, you know, it makes such a difference. Um, and a lot of them, we don't realise what they go through. It must be so hard, some of the things that they see, you know. So I just want to say, please, all of you out there, encourage your police in your area. Tell them that they're special and pray for them. They need it. Thank you so much. Good evening. That is good advice that and it works it absolutely works um for instance the guys well the first time i had a relationship with the police where i live now in joburg it was on the 25th of march 2021 it was a thursday at or about 12 hours it's that clear i was robbed well not robbed but that burglars came through stole everything they could steal but funnily enough they didn't quite get away with the bottles of wine i've got a wine collection that goes on at home the police officer who came sat on my chair, looked at this thing, and I'm like, oh, man, bottle of wine. How many can you give me? A police officer. I'm reporting a loss. He looks at the wine that was clearly packed to go, but for whatever reason, the robbers or the thieves left behind, burglars left behind. And in that moment, he had a thirst, quite literally, for my wine of all times on that occasion. And I'm saying this is good advice because it does work because the security company that does the patrols relatively in the area at which we live in, every time I see them, I stop and I at least greet them by name, have a conversation. And I've got a lemon tree. I just tell them to go pick lemons from the tree. They come in, pick as many lemons as they want because I just can't consume all those lemons from that tree. It works. One, I've never been burgled again. And two, there's a bit of a relationship where I see them as human beings before I see them as my servants, if I can use such crude language. But that Gnubi example works. Absolutely, they need to be seen. They need to feel being seen. As it pertains to other conversations about this matter, um, yeah. Hi, Songhezo. We no longer have police officers because the majority of them, they're working hands-on-hands with criminals, especially here in Cape Town. Even station commanders, they provide guns to criminals. And and this is not far-fetched in reality. We we have seen one of senior officials who appeared at the Belleville Special Crimes Court, I think it was, 
who was selling these confiscated arms and ammunition. So the force is not exactly without its own problems. And I mean, I don't have to go too far back where even the chief of the of the police himself, Utadu, the late former commissioner, you know who I'm talking about. His name just literally escaped my head now. Um, yeah, the problem is this is institutional and it's deep and it's real. Your response to that example that the caller from Gunubi in East London raised, and perhaps you might look to wrap up this conversation on the police story, um, Sister Abulile. Yes, um, the, the caller, um, thanks for that. Um, uh, such, such gestures are very much appreciated. And uh, from what you said, that you, you started looking at uh, police as human first before servants. Um, we, we need to take a step back and remember that they are also human. And being human, there are faults that happen. Uh, but more than anything, I, on what the caller said from, is it Gunubi or Gunubi? Gunubi yes. in East London, yes. Gun- yes. Um, encouraging the, the police and actually also giving them a helping hand gives them more courage for, uh, to actually even do better. It, 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 gives, it gives more will that, you know what, I'm serving a community that actually appreciates and I will do even better. Because sometimes you get to a community where even you're trying to do your best, they still find the worst in that. And that is also discouraging. So for communities that are actually able to encourage, keep that up and hope that spirit actually spreads. It, it, it takes, um, a, it's, a small, it's a small gesture, but it goes a long way. Certainly does, yeah. Well, let's thank you for your time, Sister Ulile Mabaso. Gauteng Provincial for Secretary me. for the South African Police Union. Certainly has been great having you. We've got one more voice note that we will play after which we will change tune and have a conversation with Mr. Craig Wilkinson. Let's hear that final voice note. Hi, Songesu. Willie here in Kum. Songesu, criminals have made turn a crime as a business, as a business to them, these criminals. So when they see policemen, they see a stumbling block. So in their thinking is to get rid of the police so that they go on with their business. Hence, they attack the police right at their places, at their working place, at police station. They've done that several times. And really, it's what you call trubable rock. It can't work like that. So enough becomes enough, and then we have to resort to something serious that is shoot to kill one time. We are tired, Songe, so thanks. Thank you so much, Ndade Willi in Kumo. Of course, the name that I was looking for that just literally escaped my mouth, as I was about to say it, is the late former police commissioner, Ndade Jackie Selebi. I've said enough on that matter, and this conversation is now done. Thank you to those of you who participated and to our guest.